Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to have you with us on this autumnal day in uh in Marquette. It yeah, it's now it's now fall. Is yeah, it? we went from ninety over the weekend to fifties today. Yeah. You know what someone told me in Bible study today? They're like, out in Harvey, it was a hundred and thirteen. And we were all like, liar. No. No. Like, like, and they're like, it was on the news. Was it? Yeah, well, just because something's on the news doesn't mean that it's true. Just because my car says it's 100 doesn't mean it's actually 100, too. 113. Like, uh, no. It wasn't that no, hot. Not at all. That was, no. We it didn't all, even breach 100. We called them a liar. Oh, man. And we stand by that. You stand by that. Everybody in Bible study ganged up on them and was like, no. <laughs> Which is really interesting because uh, our text today actually is kind of about how do you be how do you be community together? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that way. <laughs> and we decided if that's what you want to believe, we'll let you believe it. <laughs> yeah. If you want it to be that hot, let it be that hot. If but that's it wasn't that your hot. truth, okay. But it's not our truth. Oof. Yeah. Thankfully, it was not it was not that that hot. Um, no. But it is. Yeah, it, it feels like we have definitely shifted seasons here. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> moral of the story. That's our weather update. That's today. our weather update. It's cold. It's a little rainy. It's Bloomsville. A little bit. Um, this too shall pass. I mean, in the sense that it'll we'll see some sun again later this week, but or weekend, um, or hopefully. It'll just but snow. It'll, oh, not yet. Yeah. But um, sorry, we're not feeling very positive today. <laughs> apparently not. Um, but we, I will add that um, just a reminder that we wrapped up the Anything But Ordinary series. We did. It was last a good weekend. series. It was that was mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, which took us really through a lot of Genesis, Ab- starting with Abraham mm-hmm. and then going all the way into the start of Exodus. Yes. And so, um, so we've wrapped that up. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to hear us probably talking much more once again about uh, the gospel texts. Yeah. And, and occasionally we'll probably dip back into some of the other texts. Mm-hmm. Um, but just want to kind of share with you that re- we're reorienting in part because um, traditionally in Lutheran world, we preach, uh, we preach the gospel and we, yeah. we now the gospel exists in the good news of, of Jesus Christ and of God and God's love and God's grace exists mm-hmm. in all those other texts. Right. Yeah, that, for sure. I mean, it's woven in, but it's that it's that you often hear um, in a Lutheran congregation preaching on the gospel lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, we have leaned that way, and uh, we've taken interludes and done other different things. But yeah, um, but so just want to kind of let you know that that we're coming back to this. We won't always stay in this lane, um, but just wanted to kind of remind you that that where we have been. Um, was our summer kind of our summer journey, and now we're shifting back into kind of some of the lectionary rhythm of following the church year with mm-hmm. this in this way. I know, and I was a little bummed to be leaving the Old Testament texts. I know, me too. I like I I and I really enjoy preaching on the Old Testament. They're texts. a lot of fun. They, they are. are a lot of fun, and I think we can. I think there it, it should not stop us from dipping back in. Yeah, definitely. I think I like them so much because they they're stories that people know but they don't necessarily know the context of all the stories. And so I, I feel like when I preach, I can always offer them something that they maybe haven't thought about with it before. Yeah. In in yeah. a different way where a lot of the gospel texts are everybody knows them and knows what you're going to say about them. So, Well, and it's really interesting because I think that like mm-hmm. to teach, I think preaching in many ways is teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's different layers to that. We could probably have a whole conversation about that someday. But like, I think that... Um, 
that in some ways that is really amplified in the Old Testament text when we're teaching a much greater context because there's less familiarity with more of it. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like in the Gospels, we still are working around it, but we're also trying to trying to break it open in new ways or mm-hmm. explore it in, in ways, in different ways. And so I think it's, but it still feels more familiar. So yeah. it's not it's not quite as familiar exciting in some ways to teach because it's not as new to those who are hearing mm-hmm. it right or engaging in it and there's so. something that i really enjoy about preaching about like a story as opposed to like just a, a parable yeah some words some words yeah which is what we get into today are some words yeah yeah, and- yeah we we're out of <laughs> that that's fair and to be honest though um Genesis and Exodus really give us that narrative. Then we dive out of it for a while in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Scripture text, and then get mm-hmm. more of it. But I think, like, you're right that there's there's something about sinking our teeth into story, mm-hmm. and so in some ways that brings up the point of let's read this text for for Sunday. But it also is a nice reminder that that when we get like five verses of gospel, mm-hmm. that like sometimes it's helpful to look a little bit further ahead or a little bit further behind to see what's actually been going on in this. Yeah. In this area, because it's not there. There's context, right? You know, Joseph had context within the context of Jacob and Abraham yes. and those and things. And, and so, like, some of this is like, what's going on with the disciples the, right now? The right? New Testament writers were just as strategic in where they put things and how they shaped it. Absolutely, just as the Old Testament writers were. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's let's dive into. So we're in Matthew. Yep, Matthew in chapter 18, and we're starting in verse 15. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, Let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. All righty. All right. It's a good one. (laughs) It's yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. There's so much. There's so much here, and it's also it's kind of like you know the first part thought is here's the instruction manual how to deal with like disagreements, right? With like and and honestly, in the more um, conservative meaning, more orthodox um, and traditional understanding of of scripture and church, Mm -hmm. this is kind of that model, especially in the evangelical, more fundamental world. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's kind of that this is lifted up as this is how you do this. Yeah. And I think that that in our world, it, it is part of that as well. But mm-hmm. it's also um, we probably try different things and other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But I think that like the concept behind this is it's a good one, right? It's it's a good one. It's give a chance, give someone a chance to talk about it. Mm-hmm. If they don't take the chance, try to sit down with some more people to talk about it so that, mm-hmm. you know, at least you got some witnesses and people there to, to have that conversation, try to make it more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if that doesn't work, I'm not sure how th- how well that works to bring them in front of church in front of the church <laughs> talk about it. Most people are like, mm, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we can just say like a bit of a wider community, right? You might need a few yeah. extra yeah. people. Yeah. You, know? you might need to escalate it to the manager. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then what's, what's interesting is then you have this, and if not, you know, um, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector, which is interesting because then you have to unpack what does that mean in Matthew versus other gospels? Because most of us would say as a Gentile, so that means we're supposed to be nice with to them, even though we don't want to be <laughs> right. Like, what is this? Well, what does this mean in the context of like, yeah, other? Yeah. Right. And to me, that's the most interesting part, because like immediately when I think about it, I think Gentile and tax collector. OK, so those are people who. Jesus chooses to eat with, right? Yeah. And yeah. chooses to redeem. Um, Gentiles as well are people who often are the ones who proclaim that Jesus yeah. is the Messiah. Yeah. And are we're surprised by them. So, yeah, to me, there's this level of, like, surprise, right? It's not that it's maybe that you don't necessarily have a relationship with them, but to me, the bigger picture of it is remembering what Jesus's relationship is to those people. Right. And rem being reminded that to, and I think that that's kind of in some ways what this passage is about, right? It's all about reconciliation of relationship. It's trying to yeah. to make that right. And that, that there's not really any way to make it anything other. That's what it is. <laughs> right. And, and I think in the end, like in the end, it's the mm -hmm. reminder that like, just because in some ways you haven't been able to bring it right back mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you shouldn't also still invite them to the table Yeah, and shouldn't necessarily be present with mm -hmm. them, right? Like in some ways that it's... Yeah. Because It's not a shunning. It's not actually a shunning. No. Right? And that's that's a powerful thing to think about. That mm -hmm. like, you know, our first instinct would be like, ah, sh they get shit shut off if they don't yeah. don't reconcile. And See you never. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and here Jesus is like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Right? And like, maybe or Matthew's saying that. Maybe I mean, they like, won't be yeah. your favorite people and maybe they'll just be acquaintances to you, but they still... Like they still deserve to be a part of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah they they deserve a chance to be part of community because they originally are. I mean, God's desire is the fullness of community, right? Yeah. I mean, and I even think of in our with our Jewish brothers and sisters the mm -hmm. the phrase "tikkun olam" to heal the world, right? Yeah. To repair the breach. Well, that's a good one, mm -hmm. right? And I think that like in some ways this is that reminder is that like the goal is to repair the breach is to reconcile the relationship yeah and to remember that that reconciliation extends beyond just the interaction with that person it in it that one moment it extends beyond what you think about that person right yeah um, it's communal in a yeah. in a big way and it's about what god thinks of that person right and god all to me god sees everyone as capable of being redeemed yeah, and I kind of love that like we get this language which we've we've talked about before the whatever you loose on earth and loose on heaven like yeah. and hold on to and this mm -hmm. this notion of how do we understand what we hold mm -hmm. and what we let go of mm -hmm. and I kind of love that that's tied into this because it's kind of like this question of like of of how how do you shift to thinking about what is God asking of you mm -hmm. and what are you still holding on to. Mm -hmm. Right. Because in some ways you could read this through the lens of like of of sin and conviction and, you know, mm -hmm. messiness of that, that way. you're in charge of that person's sin. Right. But you could. But I think the way that I love this mm -hmm. is that it's more along the lines of saying, are you binding yourself mm -hmm. to something that is unrealistic and that you should let go of because God has already given grace there? Yeah, right. Yeah. Is this yeah. essentially Jesus being like, hey, how is this serving you? How is this serving you? Mm -hmm. Have you let it go? Are you holding on? 
Like, mm-hmm. what does this look like um, for your own well-being? And I find that that's, that's a powerful thing to think about because oftentimes when we have struggles, right, mm-hmm. in relationships, it's a question of what, it, what are we still holding yeah, and it goes back to that forgiveness co- mm-hmm. conversation that we've addressed in some ways with with Joseph mm-hmm. and brothers and in the last few weeks too. But like, yeah. I I don't know. I, I really kind of appreciate that in a different way. And to me, so. it's like this thing where we get caught up in our head, and it's the stories that we tell ourselves about the situation as well, yeah. right? That we are kind of getting bound to, right? Like, like the other day, like I was making dinner. And I told Ethan I was making dinner and he was out doing something. And it took me like 15 minutes to make dinner. Yeah. So he wasn't home yet. And I got mad and I like just ate dinner by myself. Oh. And then he came late and I was like, I'm going to be <laughs> ticked off now. And it, and then like, you know, he like could tell that I was mad. Yeah. And you know, it was just he didn't realize how long it would take me. And his sense of time is different than my sense of time. Well, and, the, and we did reconcile. This is good. This but, is good. you know, it's like what you tell yourself in your mind. I'm I'm thinking, like, how dare you disrespect me by not coming home in time for dinner? Ooh. When I told you I was making dinner, you must not appreciate the things that I do. And in his mind, it's like, oops, I just didn't think about the amount of time that that would take, you know? Right. And <laughs> and it also goes to like, I mean, your comment about the story, like the stories we tell ourselves, uh-huh. but it's also the, is the, does the story we tell ourselves, does it leave space for the other? Yes. Right. For the understanding and empathy for right. the other person. Or even mm-hmm. like, I mean, even one of the things that I, for, like, as you shared that, my first thought was like, huh. Did, did you tell him it would take 15 minutes or did you? No. Yeah. See, and so like, <laughs> so like, but, but because like my, and it's not that I'm like saying that that's wrong. I'm no. just saying that it's also. It's, but that's the human part of it, right? It's the human part yeah. of that we make assumptions. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's actually the beauty of this passage is it's basically uh-huh. saying it's okay to step aside mm-hmm. and to say, hey, mm-hmm. um, did are we on the same page? Did we yeah. did we met did we miss up? But you did actually have not? to talk to the person. And I think that's that's what's powerful yeah. about this, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's basically saying you can't you can't. And I think this is really this is a really interesting slight rabbit hole. But is is essentially saying what is the theological impact of thinking that God requires us mm-hmm. to be in relationship to understand reconciliation? Mm-hmm. That reconciliation mm-hmm. cannot exist. Yeah. In isolation. Yeah. God's reconciliation does not exist if we do not participate in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it makes it and, it, it, make, it, it means that you, you got to talk about things, right? Like, and I think the last part is the real clincher here, right? The where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them, right? Yeah. Recognizing yeah. that when we enter into that reconciliation that God is there too. Right. And that's what makes it grace filled and not just law. And it also, and that God is there and it's grace filled. And I also love that, that, that sentence right before that of that, like the, the, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my father in heaven. So if you agree that we want to reconcile, it'll be done. 
And I think what what it yeah, I think what it means is it means that God values reconciliation mm-hmm. in relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't and even notice that it, line. Right? Yeah. And yeah. and that it's the two or three that that where people are in that space, God is there, but God also sees and values what we do in in, in relationship. In relationship yeah. and in conversation. And that's a line that shouldn't be cherry-picked because you and I could get together and we could decide that the church should have a private jet for our use. Um, <laughs> and we've agreed on it. Right. Two. Two and, were and, gathered. And, and, and we also, agreed. And, and because we've agreed on that, God is in agreement with us and yeah. in heaven that will happen. No, no, no. That's that's a misinterpretation of this but, text. Nay, nay. Right? It is in the context of reconciliation and um being in relationship with one another. Which I'd just like to point out, leading up to this passage, we have we have in some ways questions of like hospitality and some other things going on too. And like mm-hmm. the disciples are wrestling about greatness, the parable of lost sheep, you know, people are going to go after, like a, a good shepherd goes after that one sheep that's strayed, right? Yeah. Like there's these questions of what does it look like to be community? And then we get this passage that basically is saying community is relationship. Yeah. It's not, it's, it involves humility. Mm-hmm. It involves awareness. It involves going to the margins, right? It has it all these pieces. It means that if you're mad at someone, like, you have to tell them. Ooh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, You can't man. just keep it deep down and then get really ticked off and then just, well, you Well, you can, but it's, it's, it's not what, what Jesus <laughs> is asking of us to do, right? To yeah. And that's, which is a big challenge. When they make you mad, the next portion is forgiveness. How many times should you go and at, and talk to right. them? Right. Seven, seven, seven times, times seven. but it's 77 times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, which is really interesting because the, so God bless Peter, right? Um, Peter's like, but so how do I do this? Like forgiveness, because it's really interesting because he's just heard Jesus say, okay, first off, you guys don't get along. Mm -hmm. You got to go over in the corner and talk. If you can't do that, you got to talk as a group. If you can't Mm -hmm. talk as a group, we got to talk as everybody, Uh right? All (laughs) y'all got to get over here. We're going to have a big old (laughs) chit chat. And by the way, this actually matters how you reconcile and talk. Mm -hmm. And then Peter's like, but Jesus, um, (laughs) if somebody like sins against me what do i do and at this point you must be like i imagine jesus just like putting his head in his hands and just being like peter 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 (laughs) and then he's like not seven times 77 because in some ways it's that exasperation of like do you not see that this is about relationship and it doesn't matter how many times yeah it's that it's every time that is possible Mm -hmm. so that you are not bound that other person does not hold you captive anymore. Mm-hmm. That you're not bound to that, to that sin in a way yeah. that keeps you from them and keeps you from me is what Jesus is saying. Keeps you from God yeah. and that and love. From your, yeah, from yourself too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because it takes up a lot of time and space being mad at somebody. Oh, yeah. Negative you know? energy is. Yeah. It's rough. And to be fair, in this disclaimer, right, we're talking about like just general conflict, right? Truth. Somebody said something, it hurts your feelings. They've, you know, been acting a certain way. You're angry. We're we're not talking about like killing someone or like things like that. We're just talking about general conflict and community. We are. And and I do think that like one thing to to point out with this too is to say is that, you know, this is not to there are places where this is not appropriate, right? Yeah. Like domestic violence and abuse. Not not an appropriate necessarily yeah. context. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is that is that it also raises the question though of how do we as a congregation set boundaries or as a community mm-hmm. related to racism, sexism, things that have gone fo- too homophobia far, homophobia or 
um, mm-hmm. you know, anything that is pushing against in a way that violates the norms of our community as well as what we would believe. How do yeah. we how do we address that? And I think that that that's something that in in some ways the church for the longest time has has kind of made an assumption. And I'm not just talking, I'm not just speaking in the context of Messiah. I'm saying church in a large big church. way, big church, mm-hmm. um, has just made an assumption that reconciliation happens. And there are structures for it denominationally, depending on what denomination you are and how you go about some of those pieces. But the reality is we don't often talk about, are there just general ways that we navigate um, the disruptions and the disputes and the conflicts that occur in our lives? Like we have... Mm-hmm. We often wrestle with like the big things when something goes really wrong. Mm-hmm. But the question of like, how do we, how do we hold on to what we value of relationship as a congregation? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we do that as a wider church? And I think that that's something that, that to be fair, it's meant that people have throughout history have ended up feeling exiled, exiled mm-hmm. because the church has not actually sought not reconciliation or not dealt with it or not addressed um, the log in their own eye. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think that in some ways it's it's a, it's an interesting thing to frame in the context of how we talk as a community and what what are the boundaries that have been set or the covenants that exist in understanding relationship together. Yeah, because the cycle needs the repentance as well. You know. But it also needs it needs repentance but it also needs the first even piece is just even to name. Yeah. Right, like something mm-hmm. happened. Confession. Confession and then to say how do we how do we move through this? Mm-hmm. Where do we get to with this? What does forgiveness look like? Mm-hmm. And where is the change in the forgiveness? Right. Because, you know, it's interesting. We're we're getting started in Bible study on um, judges. And I, we watched a video today that talked about judges in the sense that, like, the, the Israelite people get stuck in this kind of cycle of, um, you know, they're, they turn away from God. They sin, right? They get oppressed. They cry out to God, God kind of, God, God comes to them and helps them. And then there's this time of peace and then it just happens all over again. And it just gets progressively worse and worse and worse. Um, But there's never kind of the point, the point where they're like, yeah, we were doing that and we're going to change and be different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it, it just repeats itself over and over and over again. And you could see that within yourself as well. You know, if you don't, you can say, oh, I'm sorry, but you're not, you're saying, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be different, right? Yeah, and, you know, thinking about that is really powerful because I was thinking, um, some some of you who, who listen may know I, I do mediation and I, I do domestic mediation, um, so working with parents, uh, setting parenting time schedules with um, parents who are divorced and with their kids and things like that. But um, but what's really interesting is in some ways this is, this is um, this is a great example of what reconciliation, but also relationship, what mediation and collect is designed to do, which is to facilitate collaboration in a way that creates an, a mutually agreed upon outcome that may not be what either person came mm-hmm. initially thinking about, mm-hmm. but that they both end up agreeing on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And ideally it's a win-win, but there's also some give and take with that in different ways. And I think that that's a really powerful thing because what this is saying is in some ways and what I hear you saying is that like, is that in this construct of relationship, change has to be a possibility, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, and that in some ways, I think that this model of this in some ways, just thinking about 
um, how I've navigated mediation um, for so many years, like, is that, is it part of the beauty of that is the creativity of what change can look like. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. and how transformative that can be. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, I'm kind of wondering if in some ways is this, yeah, does this passage set us up for that? For getting out of the judges' yeah. cycle, but and like also like, does it set us up for a, a model yeah. of saying how do we do this? Yeah, and I think there's something powerful in going into conflict, believing that the other person can be different. Oh, absolutely. Or believing Making that the space other for that. Yeah, the other person will be receptive, will understand, and will will want to honor what you have said, right? Which, like, going back to what the church has been, has not always been that, right? Absolutely. And so yeah. I think where God is at work in it is reminding us that God sees people in this way as a Gentile and a tax collector, meaning people that can be a part of the community, can be redeemed, can be different. Right. And the reflection of us seeing people in that way, too, when we first come into the conflict with them, because yeah. that hopefulness sets up a very different um, attitude for how we deal with conflict than going in and being like, being like, you're a monster. You're never going to change. Like, I just need to tell you how bad you are. Right. And, and it doesn't mean that we don't set bound firm boundaries for the safety of community. Right. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, you know, um, racism is not okay. And uh-huh. like, I mean, yeah. yes, there's racism and systemic blah, 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 but like overt racism, not okay. But like, yeah. like I think especially, but like thinking about like, how do we hold that? But also how do we make space to have an opportunity to make space for God and for transformation, right? Yeah, for that something somebody can actually move forward, or something different, or we can learn from each other about mm-hmm. our pasts, our stories, right? In some ways, that's so. This is going way back in conversation. Like, uh, was this even pre-pandemic when we re- read "Waking Up White"? Um, um, by I think it was during the pandemic. Yeah. It was during the pandemic, but like because we did a lot of it online. Yeah, remember? okay, yeah, mm-hmm. but like, but this thinking thinking about like how we. We how unpack un, unpack but also mm-hmm. so, so like the the you know unpack the backpack that we're carrying but also like um how do we also like um learn about our own history and our own role in things and where is the opportunity to learn yeah um and i think that like just even thinking about that in the context of this mm-hmm. um is powerful to think about like where are that where are those edges mm-hmm. that make space um mm-hmm. rather than yeah and blocking off or demonizing or setting, not allowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just forgive and forget, right? Like no. it's not, it's not washing it away. It's holding someone accountable it's, for sure, right? But they it's need also, to listen. Right, but it's also allowing yourself to enter into a space with them that allows you to be vulnerable to the work of the spirit in a different way, right? Yeah, hopeful. Hopeful, hopeful. yeah. 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 Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, Jesus is there too. yeah. And Jesus says, if you, if you all going to agree, I'll give you a jet. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. But like, it's, we need it to better our relationship. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know how to fly, but like, uh, <laughs> so we'll need a driver too. Yeah. Okay, we all, right, agree all, right, on that? all right. All right. We can, we can. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think that's really, it's really powerful thinking about like how, how does, and this is something, I mean, I could go down so many rabbit holes. Like I, my, my doctorate project was entirely related to conflict and narrative and how we understand story and conflict um, mm-hmm. in many ways. And so, I, but I think that like, it's really powerful thinking about this passage in Matthew about mm-hmm. understanding conflict as generative. 
and as creative yeah, it's rather a than bad. And sometimes it's just nice to be told what you should do, right? Like we get Instruction that so, manuals are fantastic. We get that so rarely in the Gospels. You're like, I got a conflict. What should I do? And Jesus is like, this is what you should do. And then Peter is like, but wait, I still have a conflict. And Jesus is like, but here's what you should do. Yeah, just keep <laughs> keep doing it. <laughs> keep doing it. Exactly. Like, you've got this, buddy. So you can friends, do it. keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep, keep doing, doing it. it. And and also, seriously, take um, be courageous in this too. In the yes. willingness to engage and to be vulnerable, but also allow that space for that opportunity for for this Holy Spirit to bring you together or to create creativity, mm-hmm. something new out of this in relationship when there's when there's when there's struggle because mm-hmm. it's hard work. Conflict is never easy. No, um, it, it's tough to like to tell someone you're upset with them or to yeah. be told by someone that they're upset with you. And it's and it's hard because then you actually have to say, okay, so how do we? How do we move through this, right? Mm-hmm. Or what comes from this, right? Mm-hmm. How do we not do this again necessarily, too? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that's that is part of being human. And I think the beauty of this is it's a reminder that God sees that in us, mm-hmm. and God knows that that is work that God wants us to do mm-hmm. is to to seek that. It's record, holy that work. Re- it's his holy work. Yeah, it's sacred ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, take off your shoes. Let's take talk off. about conflict. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Depending on the context, that might add to the conflict. Depending on, <laughs> if you have some people's feet. <laughs> some people's feet. Yeah. If you if you're stinky. Um, but but I think it's I think it's a, a beautiful thing. So thanks for, for journeying with us today as we've um talked about this text in Matthew. And um thanks for being with us as we head into the fall. So um once again, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends. Theme music by Eric Bannon.